Welcome to GovInnovator. I'm Andy Feldman. Jeff Neal is with us today to share insights from one federal agency that successfully streamlined its support services and improved results. Here's a clip. Well, you know, government is one of these things that tends to do things iteratively. So you don't really see big transformations very often in government. So you end up with these programs and processes and organizations that get lots and lots of barnacles growing on them over the years. And when somebody decides it's time to clean it up, sometimes they scrape off a few of the barnacles, but they don't stop whatever it is that's causing them to grow. And other times, they just put a coat of paint over them. And they say, ah, look, it's been transformed. It's completely different. And it looks a little different, but the underlying program is exactly what it was before. And I'm an advocate for taking federal programs and basically taking them down to the core purpose of them and rebuilding them. Jeff Neal is a leading expert in human resource issues. He served for 33 years in the federal government, including as the chief human capital officer for the 23,000-employee Defense Logistics Agency, or DLA, from 2000 to 2009. At DLA, he helped the agency identify more than $50 million in administrative and operational savings. He later served as the chief human capital officer for the Department of Homeland Security, which has more than 200,000 civilian and military employees. Today, he's a senior vice president at the consulting firm ICF, and he also runs the chief HRO blog. I'm glad to have him with us. Welcome, Jeff. Delighted to be here. You've called what happened at DLA a, quote, radical transformation of a common service, unquote the service in this case being HR services. Start us off by telling us why change was needed. There were two things that brought it about. First was DLA is an agency that operates like a business. It operates in what's called a working capital fund. There's very little appropriated money, which meant that DLA had to sell goods and services to raise money for the operation of the agency. The services and other DLA customers paid the bills, and they always wanted to pay less. It's like any consumer, you want, you want great service or great products, and you want them as cheap as possible. So we were getting a lot of pressure from the services to save money. The second is our HR services were terrible. Uh, the agency was very unhappy with the quality of HR services. It took too long to fill jobs. People couldn't get answers to questions. Uh, the way I described it to the director of the agency when I proposed changing it was our slogan should be, we're slow, but at least we're expensive. Mm-hmm. So that was what drove us to actually try to find some different way of delivering HR services to the agency. So tell us, Jeff, what did the agency do to find that different way, that better way of providing HR services? The fundamental principle of it was that work didn't get handled by people who weren't going to contribute to it. So we had a lot of HR processes that required somebody getting something and then giving it to somebody else who would actually do the work. We decided to cut out the middle person. So when a customer wanted something done, they were able to talk to the person who would do the work for them. It's amazing how much better things get when you get rid of unnecessary steps and unnecessary layers of people. So we got rid of all those unnecessary layers. And that was the the primary thing. The second thing is we started measuring everything. 
We measured how long it took to fill a job. We measured how long it took to respond to customer questions. We measured, we broke a lot of the processes down into 48-hour increments and then measured how many of those increments actually were done within 48 hours. And that served as a leading indicator of when things were going to go wrong. If our 48-hour metrics started to go down the toilet, we knew that our other metrics were going to follow because the the pieces of those metrics were, were slowing down. So it was really a combination of, of those things, of, of eliminating the steps and the people that didn't need to be involved, and then measuring the living daylights out of it. That makes sense. So Jeff, when you talk about transformation at DLA, you're talking about HR services primarily, or was it broader? It's broader. And the reason it's broader is that it, it a couple of reasons. Number one is we had a lot of support services in DLA, just like any other agency, and we were not really happy with any of them. So we did this HR transformation. It was successful. We, we centralized everything into two offices. We got rid of the front room offices. Uh, we put a few people on site for things that absolutely had to be done on site. But for the most part, we consolidated all the work into two locations. We said we would do that in a year. It took 11 months. We said we would reduce the cost of the operation by 25%. We reduced it by 28%. We said we would reduce our time to fill jobs and try to get it down to 60 days. Uh, We got it down to 62 days, so we were almost where we said we would be. And we said we would improve the quality of service. We We started doing customer surveys and set a goal of having an average of a four-point rating on a five-point scale. We had to raise that because we found we were blowing through four points fairly quickly, and we were getting somewhere around an average of 4.6 or 4.7. So we actually increased the target because we were doing better than we said we would. That was so successful that the CIO decided she wanted to do something very similar for information technology, and we consolidated our IT work. We also consolidated how we handled financial management. So financial management, IT, and HR all ended up transformed because of the leadership role we played in doing the HR transformation. And were the principles the same with those other transformations? Yes, get rid of the steps and the unnecessary people involved in those processes and then measure everything. Jeff, one of the most interesting parts of this story as I know it with the HR transformation is that there was a lot of resistance to what you were doing from managers who were facing slow and expensive HR services. Tell us what was going on there. Uh, if, if by resistance you mean unmitigated hate, yes, I did. <laughs> uh, I knew when we started doing this that I was going to offend some people. And, and what I found is that people wanted, they said they wanted quality. They said they wanted quality services at a low cost. What they wanted more than that was control. For some reason, some managers think and some leaders think that if I control it, I'm better off than if I buy it from somebody else. And so they resisted. They threw up every bureaucratic roadblock. They said, you know, we can't do this now because there are big things going on in the agency. We should wait until all those things are taken care of. The secret, of course, is that those things are never taken care of. Every agency, every organization always has problems. They have problems every day. So they they kept throwing these bureaucratic hurdles at me. So there was a lot of resistance. Uh, What was really ironic was the the organization in the agency that had 
the most expensive HR operation also had the worst results. Their average time to fill a job was eight months, which is is just ridiculous. And what we found is they had so many people that they had to come up with things for those people to do. So they added steps. They added steps that nobody else had. And they weren't value added. They were just things for people to do. And that was when I also learned that, that sometimes too many people actually slows the process down. You know, there used to be a, an expression that you'd hear a lot in the, in the IT business where people would say, whatever one programmer can do in one week, three programmers can do in three weeks. And a, I think a lot of processes are like that, where if you throw more people at them, you actually get inefficiency and you get more garbage processes added to it, more garbage steps, and things don't get better. It's interesting. There are places in government that are bloated in terms of staffing, too many layers, I can think of other instances where there are too few staff. I think of grant programs in federal agencies where you have one grant officer for 100 grants, um, and there's no way that they can pay attention really to what results those grantees are producing. If you want to be more results-focused in grant-making, you need more staff so they can actually pay attention to the details. So it really is a matter of figuring out what's the right level. So if you look at that example, what happens if you have 20 grants officers per grant? The grantees wouldn't want to deal with you because they would be micromanaged until, until they just pulled their hair out. So there is a balance somewhere in there. And you have to decide at what point too few people mean you don't have enough control of the process. Too many people probably means you have too much process and too many steps and too much control of the process. So you have to figure out where the balance is. And there's a, there is probably some range that works for almost anything, but you might have to, to go past that range to learn that maybe you had too many or too few. A final question for you, Jeff. I'm curious to hear your kind of takeaway insights from DLA's experience here. It's transformations of these support services. Well, you know, government is one of these things that tends to do things iteratively. So you don't really see big transformations very often in government. So you end up with these these programs and processes and organizations that get lots and lots of barnacles growing on them over the years. And when somebody decides it's time to clean it up, sometimes they scrape off a few of the barnacles, but they don't stop whatever it is that's causing them to grow. And other times... They just put a coat of paint over them. And they say, ah, look, it's been transformed. It's completely different. And it looks a little different, but the underlying program is exactly what it was before. And I'm an advocate for taking federal programs and basically taking them down to the core purpose of them and rebuilding them. So I'm working on something for my blog right now that is recommendations on how to fix the federal hiring process. And what I'm going to be recommending is basically doing away with almost all of the regulations that govern the hiring process and building it based on the the merit system principles that are in the law. And it'll be pretty radically different because I think that's the only way to fix it. We we, Too often in government, we take these things and we try to tweak something that's evolved over decades and it, it, it simply doesn't work. It's not a way to make a big difference. It's a way to make little differences. 
sometimes little inconsequential, irritating differences. Mm -hmm. Well said. Jeff, thank you for sharing your insights with us. I'm delighted to be here.